You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Should be a fun episode, but let's begin with the Martin Luther King Day matinee affair that happened between the Knicks and the Raptors. The Knicks losing a heartbreaker, 123-121 in overtime. It was a seesaw battle that saw the Knicks go ahead by nine points with 539 left in the fourth quarter. But if you're a Knicks fan, if you've been watching the season, you know that that is not a safe lead at all. And it was not safe in this situation as well. Uh, they got the Raptors got some clutch play from Fred Van Vliet. He had a game high 33 points, helped Toronto pull ahead late in regulation. But it was RJ Barrett, who Tommy mentioned, almost became the hero uh, with his 32 points and an absolute tomahawk that almost took the roof off Madison Square Garden towards the end of regulation over Scotty Barnes that tied the game at 110 in regulation and overtime Knicks went behind, but still had a chance to win it on the final play with Jalen Brunson. He tried to be the hero. He tried to be legendary. He pulled up for three on a fast break to go for the win being down by two, but the shot hit back iron and Knicks lose that snaps the three game win streak the Knicks had. So I'll start it there on the Brunson play. This Tommy, I, I tweeted it pretty much as soon as I saw it, and I'm, I'm giving you my live reaction. I'm watching the play unfold. We talk about Tibbs, decided not to take a timeout. Zero problem. You got the guy with the ball in his hands that you want. You got the best creator on the team with the ball in his hands. The Raptors are backpedaling. They're on their heels. I have no problem with Tibbs at all saying Jalen Brunson just go. Jalen Brunson pulls up to the three-point line, decides to go for the three, down by two. I'll be honest. I think he made the wrong choice. And I do not think it was a confirmation bias thing where I saw him miss and I'm saying he made the wrong choice. But I, I really think he should have went to the hole for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I think he had plenty of time to do so. I think that he had drops right where they wanted him. And Jalen Brunson, we've seen his ability to get to the rim and finish. I think that he had a, a really good shot to get a good shot off, you know, that wasn't a three-pointer in transition. Number two, the way the game was called. Now, it does go kind of both ways because in some instances, Knicks didn't get great calls. But I thought particularly in overtime, the referees were calling it very tight. And I think that if Jalen Brunson takes it to the rim hard, I think there's a chance he gets fouled. Now, does he make the free throws? It's a whole nother conversation. But I think given the chance, he would have a chance to either tie the game with an actual layup or tie the game at the free throw line potentially. I would have taken that over the transition pull-up three. A three that he's been hitting with more regularity of late. But I, I just didn't love that shot in the moment. Brunson had a great season. If he makes that shot, the guy is an absolute legend. But uh, I, I think he should have took it to the hole. What do you think about that Brunson decision to go for the win? I like it. Um, as you, with you, I have absolutely no problem with Brunson not calling the timeout. Um, got the ball in the hands of your creator, your best player, your best clutch player. Um, and as far as Brunson goes, um, I like the shot. Um, mm. 
shooting 40% from three on the season, shooting 50% from three in January. Um, second night of a back-to-back. Yes, you're at home, um, but the guys are exhausted. We'll get into that yeah. later. Um, three is for the win. Two, you go to over, you know, step inside the arc. You're probably going overtime at best. Um, Brunson, obviously, there wasn't a ton of time left. And Brunson, you know, is, is obviously crafty. But a lot of that is pump fakes and, and, and setting a pivot foot and throwing, you know, it's not like he has the all the time in the world to create as he usually does. You know, it's not not a typically a straight line driver where he's going to get to the rim and jump over people. Um, so it, has, it doesn't have enough time to kind of utilize and, and benefit from his craftiness. Um, and the other thing, even, even if he gets fouled, as you mentioned, it, you know, there's a good chance he'd get a foul drawn um he's been shaky at, at times at at the free throw line um so i you know that, that that is something that i wouldn't um you know what i what i feel confident make him sure you know he's like, he made 33 yeah. in a row um but at the end of games he missed one late in the fourth um randall missed one uh late in the fourth as well yeah um so you know again the, the prospects of going to double overtime um are, are worrisome um and 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 just you know first reaction gut thing if you could have like paused the game, you know, like whatever commercial that was, where you <laughs> yeah, you know, play you playing two K, he paused there exactly. Like I would have bet money that 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 shot would have dropped. Um, mm. You know, he's been incredibly clutch in big spots throughout the season. Um, he just hasn't doesn't have that game winner on his resume yet. It will come yeah. that, that buzzer. Yeah, beater. definitely. Um, so yeah, all things considered, I uh, I don't have a problem with the shot. Obviously, you'd rather it go in, but I really did think when he let it go. We were on the verge of a. I could, like, I could hear the Breen. I could hear Breen. You know, getting ready to give out a loud bang, maybe a double bang. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but but it wasn't meant to be. But yeah, in in retrospect, I, I can't knock the decision. Yeah, it's funny. You could kind of hear the the gardening kind of like you know that that like ex that like ex that inhale as the shot went up, kind of ready for what was supposed to be. Uh, a, a a big moment and it did not come and it's hard to really fault him. I'm not going to kill yeah. Jalen Brunson for taking that shot at all. I mean, he's earned that right for sure. Yeah. It was a good look, you know, it's just in that moment and how good he is at getting to the rim, how good he is at floaters and various different finishes and as good he is as at drawing fouls. I just, I thought that there was a better opportunity to definitely get that game to overtime. Had he taken that to the cup? Then take the three. But look, I, I respect him for for wanting that shot. I respect him for having the cojones to take that shot. And I, I think that at some point he will knock one of those down just to come on Monday, Monday King Day. 100%. And, and as our JJ, uh, as our producer JJ noted, it was, it was a Villanova guy, like that would have been cool because that would have been like the crowning moment of his incredible first half of his incredible first season with the Knicks. You know, like that would have been like, oh, there's, there's the all star moment that you're playing the clip. Um, you know, ha- had that shot dropped, that would have been a fun one. Yeah, it, it would have been. And, and Knicks, unfortunately, did lose this game. What did you think of the refereeing in this game? Because that was some of the conversation. The, the Raptors had 41 free throws. The Knicks did have 35, but it felt like for a lot of that game, the Knicks were not getting equal uh, equal calls in this. And, and it's something that I've kind of seen all season. Now, again, Knicks aren't making free throws, so maybe that's not uh, the worst thing in the world. They're not being sent to the line. But you had the last play with R.J. Barrett where if you're watching the post game or if you're on Twitter, I mean, you saw Alan Hahn, MSG, saying that, you know, clearly Scotty Barnes has his arm over R.J. Barrett as he's going to block that shot. That could have been an and one. I certainly don't disagree with that. I don't think they're going to call that, but it, it was a foul. There's no question. You can't you can't grab the guy's arm and he's going for a dunk. But, you know, it just seemed like there were some ticky-tack calls that went against the Knicks. It seemed like 
you know, for a team that has players like RJ and, and Brunson and Randall guys who are physical players offensively, it just seems like they don't get the same calls that other teams guys do. I mean, you know, you touch Siakam, he's going to the line. You touch Scotty Barnes, they're going to the line. And we saw a lot of that in this game as well. How do you how do you feel about the refereeing? Did you have a problem with the with the RJ dunk not being called in that one? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I didn't. Um, I was sort of surprised that Han made such a big deal of it. Um, yeah. I get it. It was a foul, you know, but in that in that in that moment, um, I was I wasn't surprised at all that they didn't call the foul, even in slow motion. Did he foul? Sure. Um, you know, I'd be interesting to see what the last two minute report says. Um, I don't I don't believe it came out yet. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, but um, the in that moment, had he missed the dunk, they would have called it. You know, then they, then he would have got the, got to the line. But he, you know, it didn't really impact his ability to to score. Um, and you know, for him to get an N one in that situation, unless it's really obvious, um, and it didn't look so, especially you know, we we see it on slow mo replay, and we see the picture and and Barnes's hand on his arm. Um, RJ was just moving at such an incredible clip and, and threw it down with such force and veracity that it didn't seem like anybody impacted his ability to score right. on that play. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't have a major issue with that call not being made. Um, there were some other questionable calls here and there, but I don't really think the Knicks got, um, you know, screwed by the refs or, you know, got the bad end of a whistle uh, for the most part. Again, as you note, um, Raps took 41 free throws. The Knicks took 35 themselves. And the Raptors are just more the more aggressive team for most of the game. Um, part of that has to do with the fact that they had to claw and fight back, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, um, you know, after the Knicks did so in the first. Um, and they just have, you know, again, they're, that's just the more their mentality, more their style. They're more comfortable um, using their length to force turnovers, get out in transition and, and, and score on fast breaks. And that, that tends to lead to fouls on, on, on transition takes, um, whereas the Knicks are more comfortable operating in the half court. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, were there some questionable calls Yes, but there were also questionable calls that went against the Raptors as well, you know. And the other thing is, when you get a guy like Randall who could have easily been hit with a tech late, in yeah, that, he yeah he was bugging. He was out of control, and yeah. that he could have very easily been hit with a tech. And had they lost the game because he got hit with that tech, he would be getting demolished. So he should send a thank you note. I'm not sure if it was Scott Force or what referee he was yelling at, um, but he he he, he lost it uh, for a minute there. Um, referees looked the other way, let him scream for uh, even more than just one or one on two occasions, you know, coming up and down the floor. Um, yeah. So again, I don't, I don't think the game was about the referees. Um, I'm tend to not focus too much, uh, you know, not to make too big of a deal about, about whistles and refs. Um, because again, this game is 53 minutes. There's a lot of, you know, you know, there are certain games where it really does impact, but this one yeah. wasn't to me where that was the deciding factor. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I think, I think that, Look, like I said, I, I hate when the Knicks play against the Raptors. I do feel like the Raptors get great whistle. And, and you know, the, <laughs> the Raptors are one of those weird teams to me. It's like because they have a lot of skinny guys who play physical, like, it just they seem to be more likely to get called. So, like, you know, Siakam is a skinny dude, but he's not afraid to just throw his body around. And they call the foul. You know, Scotty Barnes is, is not necessarily, a, you know, a 
big, strong dude, but he plays physical and he gets throws his body around. And he gets calls. You know, Fred VanVleet is you know five eleven maybe, and you know he's a he's a guy who's not afraid and they get foul calls. And sometimes it's frustrating when you see the Knicks. I uh, know Boucher's another guy who we went to the free throw line four times yesterday. Like you see the Knicks, you say, man, like Knicks have players who always attack the room hard or always playing through contact and they don't seem to get those whistles consistently tom Thibodeau after the game said uh he has no issue with the refereeing in the game but he just wishes the calls be consistent i do feel that but at the same time i think that when you fail to shoot free throws the way the knicks do and 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 you have those other lapses in the game it was hard for me to kind of look at that and say okay the refereeing was a big issue i'm one of the, i am unlike tommy in this i will roast the refs i am very much the guy who will say the refs are hosing the knicks I don't know if yesterday or that that Monday game was the the greatest example of that, but you, I would like to see Knicks get some some more calls. I, I just I think it's ridiculous that you know I think the times where RJ gets goes to the rim and you know because he's not the fast, he's not blowing by his guy clean, he's getting contact, but it's like you, you can't just ride into the rim and just keep shoving him, or you can't do that to Randall. Like you have to call something, and uh, the Knicks sometimes don't get those whistles. That sometimes is frustrating. And speaking of the Raptors, and the Knicks are back in Toronto Sunday. Um, they're, they're, there's another rematch. Um, so they'll, they'll see these guys again in a, in a few days this weekend. Um, and Fred Van Vliet was questionable coming into the game, had nine points earlier in the week, uh, late last week. Scotty Barnes is, you know, Van Vliet shooting like, you know, 29% from three and below 40% from the floor. Um, but whenever he plays the Knicks, he seems to, to bring out his best. Um, and, and he had another big game, even though he had that stupid yeah. Like yeah, he was ta- he was talking a lot during that game. I mean, the whole the Raptors team was talking a lot. They there's something with these two teams. Like I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know. Sometimes it's just great competition. Sometimes yes. you have two teams yes. that play together and they know that they're going to be tough games, and that kind of breeds a level of contempt. That very well could be it, but it is something because yeah, yes. Scotty Barnes, you know, telling yes. Quentin Grimes, "You're not him. You're not him." You had uh, Fred Van Vliet talking to Jalen Brunson all night. I think yep. that in some ways, I feel like. Yeah, he probably feels like, you know, Jalen Brunson's kind of taking his spot yes. as that kind of underheralded, yes. underrated all-star guard in the Eastern Conference. It seemed like yep. he had something to prove in that game. You know, Pascal Siakam was talking a lot, whether it's the Knicks or to the refs all game. It just was a, a game where everybody was talking a lot. I, I do – one thing I will say is I did agree with the notion that I don't think this is a team Knicks want to see in a 7-10 matchup or 8-9 matchup at all. No. Uh, the Raptors, the ability to switch on multiple players, the way the Raptors – uh, orchestrate their offense against the Knicks. I, I just don't like this matchup. Every time the Knicks play this team, it, it just looks like it's going to be extremely difficult. And the Knicks right now are, are one and two. And this is a team that is four games under 500. So uh, they're not necessarily out of it when it comes to the playoff picture and the playing picture. And the Knicks certainly have not secured a playoff spot. So uh, Knicks got to tighten things up or hope that they do not see this team because uh, the Raptors give them trouble. 100%. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a bad matchup for New York. And uh, yeah, and, and even last night, yesterday afternoon's game, it just had that playoff feel, had that playoff intensity. Yeah. Um, and I assume we'll see it again Sunday. So it should be uh, should be fun. Yeah, yeah, it will be a good one. Uh, another one of these games where teams that have played a lot in a short amount of time will play again, like the Raptors and Knicks will complete their series on Sunday. I'm not sure how much I love that because you have two teams that are in the same division. Now, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought Knicks and Raptors would be going for the Atlantic division lead, but like, you know, maybe there was a situation where that was the case. Like I, I it would have been nice to have some of those team games spread out into March or April where there could be more significant games. Um, you know, these are two teams that will be in the play in playoff picture. So uh, the fact that these teams who clearly don't like each other very much 
won't be playing for the rest of the year. Probably not the greatest for the NBA, right. but uh, but this is what the NBA has been doing. They like to kind of like bunch up a lot of these games and get some of these series out of the way. A lot of teams the Knicks haven't even seen uh, they'll be playing in the second half, like a team like Miami, who's also in that playing situation. They'll get them, I think, in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, Knicks lose this game. Uh, before we get to some of the trade stuff, the Knicks do have another one on uh, thir- uh, Wednesday, I believe. They face the, the uh, Washington Wizards, a team that we also saw last week, and the Knicks beat them. On Friday, any any quick thoughts on just that game? Yeah, you know, this is, again, an- another. You know, we're still waiting on uh, updates. See if Bradley Beal gets it's, gets back in the lineup. But you know, the, right. the Raptors are a team that like like the um, the Wizards are a team like the Raptors that are just kind of floating around that eleven, ten, nine area, twelve area. Um, so they're they're they a team that obviously wants to put together wins, um, but the team that the Knicks should be able to take advantage of due to their you know just being more talented, uh, especially at the point guard position. Um, but as we saw last week, uh, Kyle Kuzma is not somebody you can you can sleep on. No. Um, so the Knicks have to do a better job of of keeping him in check. And, and Porzingis um, got hot late down the stretch, so that that's certainly something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it should be a good game. I think the Washington showed that they can play the Knicks tough, even though the Knicks were able to kind of pull away in that one. And you said Kyle Kuzma, a big game in that one. He had forty, so RJ Barrett's going to tighten the defense in that game for sure. Should be a, another good one, but it should be another winnable game. And Knicks yes. had plenty of these. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that the Knicks had a pretty much a good stretch here of winnable games. Since we said that, Knicks are five and two. You gotta feel good. You can't win everything, every game. So five and two, you'll certainly take. They were five and one going into that game. Yeah, a couple more of these games coming up. They could finish the stretch something like a, a seven and three or eight and two. That would be great because the schedule does get very tough towards the end of January. But the yeah, just just yeah. just looking ahead at the schedule. You know, you got the Wiz on Wednesday, then the Hawks in Atlanta um, on Friday. That's a winnable game. Um, yep. And then they got this an, another rematch with the Raptors, and then things get really tough. You know, yeah, um, you host the, the Cavs. Then you're at Boston. Then you're at Brooklyn. Then you host LeBron and the Lakers. Uh, then you got the Heat, the Clippers, the Sixers. Um, so that's a, a real tough, like seven game schedule there. That's why games against the, the, those Wizard type games uh, and even the Hawks um, are games you really want to win because you got some some tough games coming up. Yeah, and in games like the Raptors, where you where you have you know the lead with nine minutes left, like you know, is it is interesting. I, I've seen some narrative that, you know, well, every team is blowing leads. So like, you can't just over, ex, over exaggerate it and get too much on the Knicks losing some of these games. Cause like teams are like blowing games left and right. And yes, teams are blowing games left and right. I don't think it's been nearly this extreme with the Knicks. This was not even an extreme example being up nine with five minutes left. As crazy as that sounds, this was not an extreme example of that, but this is not a team that's, you know, uh, as a town of like the Celtics or the Nets or the Bucks, where you say, okay, we can throw a couple games out and they'll be fine. Like they'll still be able to have a secure spot in the playoffs. Like every game matters for the Knicks and, and, and the, their inability to finish a game like that, where you got a team that's coming in below 500, five games below 500 and you, you're up by nine points at home. That's a game you just got to bank away. Like you, you have to bank away, like good teams win those games. You're talking about separating Knicks from being, an average team or just an okay team to being an actual good team at a certain point, you have to win these games at a certain point you have to make free throws. Like it's, it's to me absurd that Scotty Barnes who can't shoot a lick can come into the garden and make clutch free throws. And he's waving at the crowd and he's, he's cheering on the crowd. Now he missed the last one. And he almost looked very goofy for doing all that and then getting dunked on, but he comes in, he makes three clutch free throws and he can't shoot. And then you got you know, Brunson and Randall, two of the best players on the team, two of two, two, the two best players on the team at home, and they're missing clutch free throws. Like, like that, that can't happen. Like, I, I, 
it's hard to say, well, how do you fix it? I don't know. Like, I don't know these guys' shot routine. Like, I, I'm not a shot doctor. But, like, I know they have to make those free throws. Like, I know that if you're going to be a good team, closing teams out when you're at home is a part of that. And you can't have your best players looking shook on the free throw line. And then Scotty Barnes is coming in, and he's making free throws left and right. Like, that that can't happen. So so it is a concern, and they got to find a way to figure this out because uh, that that that's a game they should have won. And when this schedule gets tougher, they're going to look back at that game and say, that's one we should have got. Yeah, definitely. And and again, a lot of it has to do with the the the, the fourth quarter struggles. And you yeah. know that that's something that I took a, a look at um, for my newsletter this morning. And it's again a season long issue. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, and we've talked about it time and again on this podcast, the Knicks go into that prevent offense in the fourth quarter. The things that have been working well, ball movement, quick decision making. Um, you know, they, they seem to those they they seem to abandon those things and revert back to here. You know. Jalen Brunson save us or here, you know, a, yeah. a high it's, screen role. It's that it's that one, two, one and two, one, two man game of Brunson and Randall trying it, to get a switch. And that's all they do. And and it and it, it, it it's proven that it's not successful. I uh, looked at the numbers in the first half of games this season. The Knicks are averaging 117 over 117 points per 100 possessions. That's fourth best in the league offensive rating. In the fourth quarter of games, New York averages 108 points per 100 possession. That's 25th in the league. They're shooting just 43 percent from the floor in the fourth quarter. Only the Rockets have a lower field goal percentage this season. Um, for, he, here's the the Knicks assist totals by quarter this season. First quarter, 272. Second quarter, 257. Third quarter, 266. Fourth quarter, 209. Mm. Uh, so, so nearly 50 fewer assists in the fourth quarter. They have the low, they have the worst assist to turnover ratio in the fourth quarter of NBA games this season. And again, we saw it on Monday. They had more turnovers than assists in, in the final quarter. Um, so these are the things that have plagued the team all year long. Well, all right, we got a lead. And and like, the, you know, they had a 10-point lead with nine minutes ago. We got a lead. Let's just salt it away. You know, you, you see it in football. You know, they, they want to run three downs. You know, you got to keep yeah. it. Yes, and the Knicks don't do that enough. And it's come back to bite them time and time and time again. Um, you know, there's a natural tendency there. And now it's starting to become psychological where it's kind of this doom and gloom that hangs over the garden all right we're up 10 what the shoe is going to drop soon yeah how are we going to blow this one exactly and once that starts getting in there it's it's tough to break out and real quickly before we move on i also think that part of what's playing a factor in this is the fatigue because when you play that slow down grinded out way of offense towards the end of the game that also is a lot easier to execute health you no know, when you're when you're when you're when you're tired as opposed to all the ball movement all the player movement that you saw for the first three quarters it's much easier to say we're going to walk the ball up we're going to just try to grind out a, a one four pick and pick and pop situation where we can get a switch on randall and we can just throw the ball at randall runs and let's just isolate and let everybody stand around like that's a lot easier to do in terms of your fatigue level than running the multiple sets multiple options a uh, ball moving player moving offense you ran for the first three quarters. And that's what that's what that's the that's one of the receipts you pay when you play your players I mean, the, the amount of minutes Tom Thibodeau is playing them right now. I'll write a story or post something on on Twitter about the the playing time and, and, and the minutes allocation. And without fail, a bunch of people reply, why are you complaining? The Knicks just won a game, you know, like the, the Knicks beat the Pacers. Who cares if it was close? This is why you care if it's close. This is why you care if players are are exhausted at the end of games, because 
when it, again, keep in mind, we're middle of January right now. We still got, we're barely halfway through this marathon season, you know, and, and Tibbs has the Knicks best players sprinting at full speed, um, you know, for the first two, first two weeks of uh, uh, the, uh, the first two weeks of January, there's only two, there's only two players in the NBA that have logged more than 350 minutes. They're both Knicks, Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. and James Randall. Um, you know, and, and we'll talk about, you know, the, the potential trade rumors and things going on those lines tied mm-hmm. into that is the fact that Tibbs is, you know, you know, we talked about a nine man rotation that is basically shrunk to eight and it's basically yeah. of those eight, only six plays significant minutes. Um, Knicks are over their last 15 games, uh, their their reserves average only 12.2 minutes uh, per night. Um, that's by far the fewest in the league. The, conversely, uh, which makes sense, the starters average the most uh, minutes per game. So again, this is a, a a situation where a lot of good teams play their players a lot, um, but at some point you want to find time to 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 scale back their minutes a little bit. Otherwise. And next month, in March and April, when things really start to get, you know, dicey and crunchy yep. and, 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 and games are, the importance of games, you know, start to get ratcheted up. Um, are the Knicks going to have their legs? Are they going to have everybody healthy? We shall see. Yeah, it, it's going to be something that they're going to have to pay attention to.